Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast in Fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And our producer, William Jeffries. And today, we'll be talking about the terror of public speaking. Oh my God. Wait, are you going to make me publicly speak? (laughs) Surprise! No! (laughs) Yes, uh, I mean, public speaking is terrifying. We've been recording this entire time, Dave. (laughs) It's everyone's hearing it, the internet. (laughs) All of of the internet. Uh, Public speaking is scary for a lot of people, us included. Uh, I think we have the luxury of being edited, so... Lucky for you all, you don't have to hear the unedited version of this, which is great. But That should make you feel better, Dave. Dave just <laughs> found out that we have been publishing this. <laughs> <laughs> for like the past eight, ten months now. Twelve. <laughs> almost right? twelve. Yeah, I think we're there. Oh, yeah. We're almost at twelve. We're getting close. close. Numbers are hard. Yeah. Numbers and numbers yeah. are very hard. But yeah, I think everyone's had like a universally bad experience with public speaking. Like be it in college where you just freeze up in front of the entire lecture call of people or on a podcast where you expect that there's going to be a certain amount of editing done and there's less than that amount of editing done. But yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging. Yeah. We, we definitely have our fair share of public speaking disasters. I'm sure a lot of them happen when I had to stand in front of a crowd or when in you college. walk off stage and then you realize that your fly was down the entire time. Ooh, that's oh, a man. fun one. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's happened and I didn't realize that I'm glad I didn't have this time. blissful to this day. Yep. Yep. Ignorance is bliss when yeah, it comes to that. But I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons why you would want to do public speaking, right? Like it's, it's actually really helpful. Like you do it all the time in a meeting you kind of have to be there and participate and speak up if you want to, you know, be a part of the conversation. That's like a really basic role of public speaking that everyone has to do. Yeah. I mean, and and making yourself known in the room is like important because you, you want to have a presence. You don't, you don't want to be the person who's constantly quiet in the meeting or like doesn't contribute at all because yeah, because you just want to make sure that your opinions are heard, even if it's just one thing. Just speak up. So, William, do you have any suggestions as to why you should publicly speak? Well, if you're hiring, it's a great way to get your company's name out there. It's a great way to meet people who might want to come and work for you. And if you are looking for a job, similarly, it's a great way to get in front of a lot of people who might be hiring. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Where would you do this kind of public speaking? Oh, man. Uh, well, confer- the conference circuit is probably the easiest place to start. Well, actually, the meetup circuit is probably the easiest place to start. And then next after that would be conferences. Yeah. Although I, I would argue that you can even do it like in in your office. Like, you know, we've been trying to have more lunch and learns at the past couple of clients that I've been on. And I think that's like a good good way to exercise in a safe space. Some public speaking skills. Absolutely. Lunch and learns are a, a, a great way that is a little bit lower risk because you're already hired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think like think for places that I think for places that don't offer like lunch and learns should definitely should be brought up to their managers that that's a really fun and interesting way to get their engineers like accustomed to talking in front of people. And I think it just raises the morale of the company itself when they when they have these open mics for individuals to share their knowledge in front of their co-workers or their teammates. Yeah. And also, I guess technically all companies have lunch and learns if you 
just are a compelling speaker at lunchtime. <laughs> that is true. It's <laughs> true. You can just make that happen, guys. And you should. You should. You should make Lunch and Learns a thing in your company. It'll make the company better. It'll make the engineering culture better. It'll make people more able to communicate clearly in front of teams or large groups. And it will promote a culture of learning. And a culture of lunching as well. Oh, yeah, that's important. You <laughs> definitely should be lunching. I mean, not, not while you're talking. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> with, with mouthful of please food. don't talk with your mouth full, guys. Hey, guys, I learn I learn about Java slavery slang. Like, oh, doesn't work. So gross. <laughs> oh, God, I'm shipping. Yeah. Oh, so many unsubscribes. Cool. Please do not unsubscribe. I was kidding. I'm not eating. <laughs> One of the other places that we've explored in public speaking is this very same medium right now in podcasting. I oh, think yeah. it's a very helpful. It definitely has helped me in figuring out how to, you know, enunciate certain words and and be more clear in the ideas that I have. And it's been helpful. So you as the listener have been helping me. So thank you. There's also improv classes or sketch or regular theater acting, anything that puts you in front of a stage, maybe even performance. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, playing music or telling a joke. Yeah. I think I took improv a couple of months ago and I found it to be pretty great too, because like from the aspect of like publicly speaking, like there's the idea of like building a shared context in improv where like everyone starts with no information. There's like one word of improv or of information that you have. It's just like a place or an idea. And then you have to build up a shared context. And that that's really what you're trying to do when you're making a point with anyone you're trying to start from a very basic thing like the title or you know a, a theme that people have shared and then build it up and get everyone on the same page which can be pretty challenging yeah it's sort of like a group storytelling almost yeah you're yeah. collaborating yeah exactly i guess it should be more collaboratory too when you're when you're publicly speaking because you don't want to be talking at people you want to be reacting to their their engagement level and their understanding and try and work that into your presentation. Yeah. Audience participation is huge. If your audience is getting bored, make them stand up and do something. Yeah, that's true. Stand up. If you've used constant JavaScript before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I, I, I think these are all great ideas for where you might publicly speak, but you know, I guess it would be good to sum up like why, this is effective for like a software engineer. I think it's about career growth. I mean, if you are really only productive when you are by yourself in the corner writing code by yourself, or even only when you have one other person with working with you, you're limiting yourself. And that's going to limit your ability to rise in whatever organization you're working in. If you are able to be compelling as a speaker in front of a group, in front of your coworkers, in front of your bosses in meetings, that is the way to get promoted. That's the way to move up. So it's worth investing in, in your own skill set. It's just the same way that you would invest in your ability to write better JavaScript or your ability to write better tests or any other, any other personal investment that you would make, like at going to the gym or yeah. eating healthy. It's a way to level yourself up. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I do feel like that's a huge differentiator of like developers like there are people who are really good at code and then there are people who are good at at explaining it or at giving a presentation about it or about a particular framework or other different things that you may end up speaking in front of people 
And if you're really good at explaining something, then you definitely know how to how the the ends of the topic that you're talking about. So uh, I do agree. Like, there's probably a ton of amazing developers, but there are only a few who speak, and those people are are more recognized because they're doing the public speaking front of that. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's although, how you get famous, right? Yeah. yeah. Although I'm a big believer in a growth mindset, so I, I feel like. Just as you can become a better developer, like you can also become a better public speaker. But maybe it is a little bit more uncomfortable to flex those muscles. But there are definitely ways that you can uh, improve your public speaking and get more comfortable with it, even if you feel like horribly uh, terrified by the idea of doing it. Yeah. Like think of all of the people who Sandy Metz was able to level up because she was able to communicate clearly. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a mm. great point. It's a good motivation, yeah. So how does she do that? How do people like that do that? I think just making putting yourself in that position definitely helps. I think William, you mentioned before about like potentially doing a, a talk in a meetup is probably like very very helpful, like just to get those public speaking chops up, right? Like just yeah. having that experience with a, a community that's safe. I think you can start as you mentioned before with like your company and the people you work with is a great place to start and then slowly grow that space. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a good strategy. Uh, I think it's also good to just practice even by yourself, like just to become really comfortable with the idea of talking maybe just to one other person who you, you really trust to give you good feedback or even know other people and, and just do a video recording of yourself and be your own critique I'm a big fan of videotaping yourself. I think that that works wonders because you can be much more effectively critical of yourself than someone else can. When you actually see the recording and you hear your own voice, I think that's when you really learn. Yeah, I, I find that pretty helpful in a lot of things. Like you can really zoom in. Like I, I've I've done that before with like practicing music. Like you can really like focus on a very specific aspect of it and and zoom in on that and see how you're you're behaving or especially if you're doing a video recording you can see if you're doing something weird with your hands or if you feel awkward like are you actually awkward or how are you awkward like you can try different things and do an exercise to focus on one particular aspect of of your presentation yeah, I'm also a big fan of Toastmasters. Uh, Toastmasters is an organization for people who aren't aware that exists to help people become better at public speaking. It's a nonprofit and they do classes and workshops and stuff. They have a whole curriculum that's very helpful. Is it is it like a season? Like you have to show up at the beginning of a particular class or is it like... A no, you can show up for any meeting. They usually have them at some regular cadence, like maybe once a week or once a month. And the meetings are very structured. They're exactly an hour long. People are very punctual and very nice. They applaud for everybody whenever anybody talks. It's very supportive. You know, you can go in and begin by just participating by like giving feedback to the people who are giving speeches. And then when you feel more comfortable, you can do table topics where you get a topic and then have to speak impromptu about it for one to two minutes. And then once you're comfortable with that, you can start giving actual speeches and they have a manual with a curriculum. Oh, so it sounds very structured. Yeah, very structured. Do they ever like do like a breakout in a small group or is it always in front of the, the larger body of Toastmasters? I think it's pretty much always in, in front of the larger group. But I mean, these okay. meetings are not that big. Interesting. 
Yeah, that's cool. So it sounds like, although like Toastmasters, the name sounds very formal and like you must have already a high level of skill. Like you are a master of toasting. It, it, it's actually quite beginner friendly. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's an aspirational title. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would I not call myself a Toastmaster. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought it was master just like... Master of ceremonies. Yeah, it's just like a person, like all the people who were amazing giver of toast at weddings only show up to this meetup. <laughs> I thought it was just that at first. Like, oh, you're a master at toasting. Right. Here's where you be. No, yeah. it's like mostly beginners. Oh, nice. That's pretty dope. That yeah, is awesome. That's misleading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the ter- for me the terrifying part of public speaking is the idea of literally doing anything in front of a group of people. I found that like when I was younger I used to play a lot of uh trumpet and I found myself like all right, I'm going to go to the park and I'm just going to play and people are going to walk by me and I'm going to be nervous and I have to do this. Mm. And I felt like throughout time when I did that often I slowly lost the nerves of doing things in front of people where I was able to use the conf- the the fact that I had confidence in the thing that I was doing, which was playing trumpet, so that if I had the confidence of talking about something that I'm comfortable in, then I can use that same energy to speak in front of people. Yeah, that's great. And it kind of flips around like any of the negative feelings and associations that might be with that, like because you're doing something really fun. And maybe someone's going to throw money at you. Yeah. I mean, I tried. It wasn't that great, though. But I, I definitely had a hat there. I was reaching. Like, just put the hat on the ground. See what happens. And just play some tunes. Like, you know, at first I was just playing, like, you know, long tones and warm-up stuff. So, it's not like people could possibly critique on a long note. Right? Like, if I played a song, people would listen. And like, oh, no. You did that note wrong. I mean, no one does that. Like, no one's like... <laughs> but, maybe in New York. Not even the Bronx. <laughs> no, not the Bronx. But, like, but like, just to, you know, I eased in by doing warm-ups. And then, like, I slowly started picking my favorite songs and stuff like that. And that was, that was very helpful. Because then I was able to use the... The energy and the mindset that I know something to be able to speak in front of people to with that same energy and then be able to talk in front of people. Cool. Yeah. I dig that. I, I feel like your neighbors and your your parents probably appreciated that too, where you're not practicing trumpet in the house. <laughs> Just <laughs> yamming away at home. No, Mike, go to the park. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So th- there are also like other ways that you can practice public speaking in a more like structured way. There's this one format that I think we talked about a little briefly earlier. It's called uh, Petra Kucha. And this is like a uh, format to follow for making a presentation where you have a slide deck and each slide will transition automatically after 20 seconds and there are 20 slides. So it's kind of an exercise in time management and like understanding like how much time it's going to take you to make a point and you know how, how you can kind of stretch and and breathe in that space are pecha kucha slides randomly given out to the person who's going to try it out or do they come with their own slides i mean you can you can choose a topic I think normally you choose unless you're like uh, the the Pecha master. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you have to choose a particular topic, but you don't come in with the slide deck. Or it, do you know it it beforehand? It can be either. Like to lower the bar of entry, you might prepare the slide deck in advance. I think I think we've we've had some Pecha Kucha nights here at Stride, and we've done it both ways. And I think they're both fun. But it is a lot of work to prepare the presentation because you know you have to really think about like how many words can I say in twenty seconds? Like yeah. how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> 
but there there are a couple of other like fun formats like that where you know maybe it's like a party event and you have everyone come in and prepare a presentation you have to give it for three minutes exactly right and if you go over then you have to take a shot oh <laughs> oh man that that's pretty intense yeah the shot might help actually i, don't know. I think that might loosen you up <laughs> although you're definitely going to go over three minutes again <laughs> yeah. so take the shot before because you know you're going to go over anyway and then just do it i got no don't do that do not do that at all yeah, I don't know. I think some people do like to have a drink in order to loosen themselves up before they go on stage. I've heard mixed results about that. I will say, though, that you should do some kind of pre-presentation prep. Mm, okay. Like something. What I like to do is, you know, I'll go to the bathroom because that's one place where you can pretty much always be alone. You're not always going to get a green room. You're right. not that fancy. <laughs> <laughs> but I will bring my phone with me and I'll play like pump up song i have like a, a go-to song that i'll listen to and i'll dance nice. in the bathroom and i'll get pretty crazy and you know it's like power poses i don't know if you guys are familiar with the amy cuddy research mm-hmm. from harvard on power poses yeah. what is that seen the ted talk yeah she did a ted talk about it it was i don't know whether it's placebo or not but it definitely even if it is only placebo it definitely helps and the idea is that you put yourself in postures that are associated with confidence. So right. like, have you ever seen somebody just win a race and they put their, their arms up over their head and they're celebrating right. that the, the notion is that it's not only that feelings generate behaviors like that, where you you feel victorious. And so you put your arms up, but it can actually work in the reverse. So if you put your arms up, you can start to feel victorious. Oh, wow. So by putting yourself in these open, expansive postures, like the wonder woman, you know, fists on the hips with the elbows out arms akimbo, as they say Uh, yeah chest out putting your body into those postures can affect your mood can affect your mindset can affect your level of confidence in a way that's going to make you a better more effective speaker Mm, okay oh that's Mm -hmm. pretty cool I should I should just walk around with my arms in the air all the time (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'm sure I get tired after a while yeah I I like the idea that those things are like it's just like a shared thing across humanity too. It's like it's like smiling. Like people just smile. Yeah. It's just built into people. And if you if you do those things, then you can kind of have a feedback loop and adjust your internal uh, monologue and your internal feelings. Life hacks. Yeah. That's pretty. That is that is pretty amazing though. What's so? What's your power song? Ooh, capital cities, safe and sound. Okay. I don't, I don't know, know if I've heard that one. That. We got to put that one in the ad credits. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a song that pumps you up. Is that is that the notion? Yeah, that I mean, you don't have to do, You don't have to listen to music. You can you know sit and meditate. If uh, you find that that is more effective at, at putting you in the right headspace, if it's more about calming nerves than about like mustering the energy to go and deliver to the audience, right? I think there's a. To me, it feels like there's sort of a uh, an exchange with the audience. And if you give them energy, they'll give you energy back and you can start to create a, a virtuous cycle. And the reverse can also happen if you are, if you get cold feet. I do other exercises sometimes if I feel like I have enough energy and I'm just more nervous. Like one exercise that I do is I imagine that there is a, uh, a beam of light coming out from the center of the earth, coming up through my body and going all the way up to the sky. And it, it makes you feel solid. It, you know, it's almost like the column is supporting your weight. Yoga also 
any kind of movement-based meditation like Tai Chi can help get you into a, a different mindset that can be helpful for public speaking. Yeah. I guess it's also important to like look after your basic bodily needs. Like make sure that you have drinking enough water to last you through the talk or you've eaten something even if you're not too hungry like to make sure that you're not in the middle of it and then like just dragging as as your energy level dips more and more yeah brain foods eat apples or something that's going to provide a little bit of glycogen for your brain also be sure not to drink so much water that you are doing the pee pee dance on stage (laughs) (laughs) could be like uh, some good energy (laughs) oh man Maybe not the right energy, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess one final tip we can mention is that um, the way to get better and the tip that we can provide for public speaking is to do public speaking. I think the more tries you get, the more better you become. And sooner or later, you'll be a rock star before you know it. Yeah, I guess that's true of most things. But yeah, just do the thing. Just just keep doing it. What do they say? Uh, How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. This is like the joke I guess all musicians have to hear. And all of you now. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, obviously, if you just keep practicing and keep doing and keep public speaking, you'll get better at it and be able to speak in front of millions of people. It's great. You'll, you will definitely be – it will definitely differentiate between you and the developers who do not choose to speak and spread knowledge and help other individuals get better cool yeah do we have any teaching learns yeah i mean i want to give a shout out to uh ian ian recently hit me up a couple days ago about friend of the show friend of the show always a friend of the show uh he hit me up about a, a book called radical candor by kim scott and it's pretty much teaches people how to be a badass amazing manager and I think it's been very helpful and it's been giving me a lot of insight on like some of the strategies and positions that people often take when they're managing individuals and how Radical Candor is an approach that can definitely level up your peers and the people you manage. Cool. I, mean, I haven't gone far. I'm only on like chapter three, chapter four, but like it definitely has given me like some insight on managing practices that I need to work on. So I've been like, trying to implement those things as I continue to read the book. Yeah. Radical Candor. Check it out. Kim Scott. Amazing stuff. So I guess that's exactly what it sounds like. Just being very truthful. Yeah. Being very truthful, honest, and also personable and caring about the individual that you're helping, I think is the combination of the two. Cool. All right. Great. So this is the end of the show. I'd like to thank our co-host, Dave Anderson. Thank you for coming on now. Yeah, thanks, man. And William Jeffries, our producer. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. I'm Michael Nunez. Feel free to hit us up at twitter.com slash radiofreerabbit. And if you haven't, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is The Rabbit Hole. We'll see you next time.